loud, let it ring, Jesus is coming again. Cheer up, you pilgrims, be joyful and sing, Jesus is coming again. This is the voice of prophecy, a voice crying in the wilderness of these modern days. Prepare ye the way of the Lord. Coming again, coming again, Jesus is coming again. From our Voice of Prophecy studios in Los Angeles, California, we welcome you to this half hour of inspiration and music. Transcribed with the King's Heralds, Del Delker, Brad Braley, and H.M.S. Richards, the Voice of Prophecy speaker. Far away the noise of strife upon my ear is falling. Then I know the sins of earth beset on every shall move me from Beulah land. I'm living on the mountain underneath a cloudless sky. I'm drinking at the fountain that never shall run dry. Oh yes, I'm feasting on the mountain Supply for I am dwelling in Beulah land. Let the stormy breezes blow, their cry cannot alarm me. I am safely sheltered here, protected by God's hand. The sun is always shining, here there's naught can harm me. I am safe forever in Beulah land. I'm living on the mountain underneath a cloudless sky. I'm drinking at the fountain that never shall run dry. Oh, yes, I'm feasting on the manna from a bountiful supply, for I am dwelling in
Our Heavenly Father, we pray that Thou wilt bless everyone who hears the voice of prophecy broadcast today. Help us to know that Thou art a prayer-hearing and a prayer-answering God. This we ask in Jesus' name. There is a place of quiet rest near to the heart of God, a place where sin cannot molest, near to the heart of God. O Jesus, blessed Redeemer, sent from the heart of God. Hold us who bow before thee. Near to the heart of God. Amen. The song we hear from Miss Del Delker now is an earnest prayer. Precious Lord, take my hand. Here now with his message for today is H.M.S. Richards, the voice of prophecy speaker. His subject, a prayer hearing God. If you are a father or a mother, 
or if you now have or ever have had a father or mother, and that means everybody listening, you know how children ask for what they want. A wise man of God was talking to Bernard Iddings Bell on the subject of prayer, and he said, When you pray, my son, remember that what you are really doing is talking as a child to a father. What kind of conversation would go on between a child and his father? between a father and his child. What sort of talk would please a father? Would it be gratitude, confession, intercession? Yes. But the best of all would be something like this. Just imagine you're a child, and you come running spontaneously into the presence of your father. Climb up into his lap, throw your arms around him, and whisper in his ear, Father, I love you a lot. You're a wonderful father. Wouldn't that be just about the finest thing a father could ever hear from his child? Such an expression of love is what God longs to hear from his children. Our communion with God reaches its greatest height when, with complete self-forgetfulness, we give ourselves to him and say, Father, I love thee with my whole heart. I wish to be thine forever and ever. Is our God a prayer-hearing God? He is, if he is like a father. And Jesus gave him that wonderful name, Our Father, which art in heaven. It may surprise you to learn that one of the titles attributed to God in the Holy Scriptures has to do with prayer. Here it is in Psalm 65, 12. O thou that hearest prayer, unto thee shall all flesh come. That is one of his titles, Thou that hearest prayer. Then God is a prayer-hearing God. We go even further than that when we say that no one can please God unless he believes that God hears prayer. And here's the proof of that statement. Right in the heart of the New Testament, Hebrews 11:6. But without faith it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. God's character is revealed in his titles and the names by which the Holy Scripture describes him. Thou that hearest prayer is a wonderful name, a wonderful title. That was his name in David's time. It is his name now, for he himself says, I am the Lord, I change not. Malachi 3, 6. And he hears the prayers of all flesh, both Jew and Gentile, all races, all peoples, all lands. He hears every real prayer. He heard the prayers of Enoch, who walked with God in the early days of the world. He heard the prayers of Abraham, his friend. He delighted to hear and answer the prayers of Elijah, who was taken up into heaven by a whirlwind. In answer to Elijah's prayers, rain came on the earth the earth that had been parched for three and a half years. He heard the prayers of Daniel in far-off Babylon and in night vision gave him the prophetic history of the world and of all ages to come. He heard the prayers of the three Hebrew children in the fiery furnace and delivered them for his name's sake. He heard the prayer of David and delivered him from the jaws of the lion and from the sword of Saul. He heard the prayer of Solomon and gave him wisdom above all men that dwelt upon the earth. 
because he humbled himself before God. He heard the prayer of the dying thief, of the publican in the temple, of the fallen woman. He heard the prayer of the Canaanitish woman, of the Italian centurion, of Cornelius. He heard the prayer of blind Saul on the street called Straight, and opened his eyes and made him Paul, a mighty apostle to the Gentiles. O thou that hearest prayer, unto thee shall all flesh come. God hears the prayers of the unconverted as well as those of his children. It is true that the man who was healed of blindness said, We know that God heareth not sinners, John 9.31. In the sense that he meant it, it is, of course, true. But there was Hagar in the wilderness. She was heard. The heathen sailors who threw Jonah into the sea prayed, and they were heard. For there's a wideness in God's mercy like the wideness of the sea. never limit the power, the mercy, and the grace of our prayer-hearing God. Real faith is believing that God exists and hears prayer. That's the creed which is absolutely necessary. God exists. God hears. God answers prayer. God has always been holy. He has always been mighty. He has always been merciful. So also he has always been the God who hears and answers prayer. Dr. John Rice, in his book on prayer, reminds us that every attribute of God is implied in the fact that he hears and answers prayer. How is that? Well, first, a prayer-hearing God must be a living God. He is no mere image or statue, no mere abstraction of the mind or an idea. When the ancient priests of Baal cried out to their God, from Mount Carmel, O oh, Baal, hear us. There was no one who answered or regarded. First Kings, the 18th chapter. That was because their idol had eyes but saw not, ears but heard not. 
He was not a prayer-hearing God nor a prayer-answering God. It's the same with some philosophic ideal. It's only the living God of heaven and earth that can hear and answer prayer. Second, a prayer-hearing and prayer-answering God is an all-knowing God. He knows the end from the beginning. He knows our hearts and whether or not we are sincere when we pray. Third, if God is able to answer prayer, he has all power in heaven and in earth. He is able to control the elements. He must have power over every atom of the human body. If he answers prayers about revivals, he must know all about us and about the conversion of sinners in his hands. Fourth, if God answers prayer and has infinite wisdom and almighty power, then he must be the creator. Fifth, if God answers prayer, then he is a miracle-working God. His work is supernatural. He is not limited by our knowledge of the universe or by ourselves. Remember this, if God regards those who diligently seek him, he not only works in natural and ordinary ways, but by supernatural miracles. As Dr. Blanchard, late president of Wheaton College, put it, if there be a God, he must act like a God. Sixth, if God hears prayer, then he is a God of infinite love and mercy. Why? Because none of us deserves to have his prayers answered. But God loves sinners, for God so loved the world, we're told, that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Those wonderful words of John 3, 16 are forever true. Now we come to this question. Is there really any limit to God's ability to help us? Listen to the answer in Ephesians 3:20. Now unto him that he is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think. We may not be able to put our prayers into good language or even speak out loud, but God is able to do exceeding abundantly above not only what we ask, but what we think. And he anticipates our needs too, even our prayers. And it shall come to pass that before they call, I will answer. And while they are yet speaking, I will hear. Isaiah 65, 24. Our God then is a prayer hearing and a prayer answering God. Lloyd Foster tells about watching the building of the Great Delaware Bridge, which spans the river from Philadelphia to Camden. It began by threading a single wire across the river. Back and forth it was shuttled until it became a mighty cable able to support tremendous weights. The first wire alone had little strength, but multiplied a thousandfold. It could sustain the weight of streetcars, trains, heavy traffic of all kinds. Prayer is like that. It may start as a simple cry of need, only an uplifted thought of the heart, or the plea, Oh God, help me in my trouble. But as faith grows and unfolds, a single wire becomes a mighty cable linking the praying heart to the God of power. It becomes so strong that nothing can break it, no danger, no loss, not even death itself. This same psalm in which we read that God is a God that hears prayer and that all flesh should come to him describes God's provisions for the needs of all living things. In the ninth verse, Psalm 65, Thou visitest the earth and waterest it, thou greatly enrichest it with the river of God. Thou preparest them corn when thou hast so provided it. 
We find the same thought in the 104th Psalm, where we're told that God provides food for all animal life. These all wait upon thee that thou mayest give them their meat in due season. Verse 27, wherever there is a hunger in body or heart, God supplies it. God desires to satisfy. All nature points to a merciful, wise, all-powerful, loving, living God. In James 1.17 it's written, Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, and cometh down from the Father of lights, with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. Isn't it reasonable that such a God, who has not only done these things, but has also provided for man's redemption through Christ, sending his own Son to die for the sins of men, and to reveal immortality through the gospel. Isn't it reasonable to say that such a God, such a loving and living God, should hear and answer prayer? God has never commanded us to work without ceasing, to sing without ceasing, to give without ceasing, but he has commanded us to pray without ceasing. 1 Thessalonians 5.17 When on the day of Pentecost the apostles found that the physical activities of the growing church were taking too much of their time, they decided that they must give themselves to prayer and the ministry of the word. Acts 6.4 Not first preaching, not first the ministry of the word, but first prayer. We as preachers as well as all Christians need to learn a lesson here. Prayer first works second. But back of it all, back of the work, the labor, the prayer, must be a living faith in a living God. Without faith, it is impossible to please him. Faith itself really is prayer. O thou that hearest prayer, unto thee shall all flesh come. We come to thee today in prayer, O Lord. We come with all our folly and with all our sins and failures and darkness. Give us thy forgiveness, thy mercy. Thy mercies which fail not, which are new every morning. Give us not only food for our bodies, but food for our souls. Open to us thy word. Help us to see thy light. Lead us today that every step may be in the way of thy commandments. Build us up in the most holy faith. Lead us, we pray, to Jesus Christ, thine only Son, our Lord, that we may glorify thee forever and ever. Amen. sweet to trust in Jesus, just to take him at his word, just to rest upon his promise, just to know the saith the Lord. Jesus, Jesus, how I trust him, how I So glad I learned to trust thee, 
Precious Jesus, Savior, friend, and I know that Thou art with me, wilt be with me till the end. Jesus, Jesus, how I trust Him, how I've proved Him more and more. Jesus, Jesus, precious Jesus, oh, for grace to trust Him more. Let us follow the leadings of God and keep looking up, always going forward, in faith. Have faith in God. With Him your troubles share. Have faith in God. He knows our every care. Have faith in God, who hears and answers prayer. Have faith, dear friend, in God. We hope this program has served to bring spiritual strength, and we invite you to join us again next week for another transcribed program brought to you by the voice of prophecy. The Lord bless thee and keep thee. The Lord make his face shine upon thee and be gracious unto thee. The Lord lift up his countenance upon thee and give thee peace. Oh.